0: Hey there. So this past week, uh, something that I've been thinking a lot about has been any kind of pinnacle moments in my life so far that I had to dig really deep, um, figure out a whole new approach, a whole new way of being with myself, being in my life. Um, you know, just these these ways of being with ourself to help us be resilient in the face of adversity. And something that I keep coming back to in my mind has been to really think about what I care about, you know, in these, in these moments, how one of the factors that I think um, has supported me over the course of my life in being as, as resilient as possible even when things are really challenging, has been to uh, follow what is interesting me, delighting me, lighting me up. You know, somewhere on that spectrum of, huh, I'm a little curious about that too. Oh, I'm, I can't stop thinking about this. I'm just wondering and wondering, wondering about it. And how we have this opportunity right now when um, life as we know it is inexplicably altered, when um you know as of recording this i uh, have been isolated in my house with my children and my partner for 2 weeks uh, already and um you know it feels dramatic and also completely normal to say that i don't remember necessarily who I was or what life was like two weeks ago, um, just because of how quickly things have been shifting. And, and, you know, we've talked the last two weeks on this on NEEDY about um, how we withstand and move through times of unprecedented stress and strategies and boundaries and self-care, essential self-care. And today I want to talk about delight and pleasure and just that uh huge playground of giving yourself permission to explore whatever you're curious about and how how essential and you know possibly um life-saving life-transforming this practice can be especially at this time in in history and what I was thinking about this morning was how a couple of years ago I, um, was walking down a path very, uh, you know, just simply walking down a path. Uh, I was throwing a a good friend of mine, a baby shower and five minutes before the baby shower started, I slipped on this path and, uh, shattered my ankle kind of like out of nowhere and had never before needed I've never had a surgery, never been to a hospital except for when I delivered my daughters, um, and you know, then all of a sudden in this moment, um, everything was radically changed, and I was in profound amounts of pain. And when I got to the hospital, the um, surgeon who I saw said, "You know, this, your life, your your, your ankle won't ever, if you walk again." Um, your ankle won't ever be um, the way that it was. And, you know, you're looking at an 18 month healing timeline and it'll be six months before you can even start walking again. And at that time, those numbers seemed impossible, like, impossible, impossible. How can you say, you know, that things are going to be different for that period of time? I'm not going to be able to walk for six months. You know, I was just walking down a path. Everything was normal, was doing, having this baby shower. And now I'm in the hospital and I have to have emergency surgery. And, you know, I'm not going to be able to walk for six months. And, you know, also owning that being able to walk again, um, is a privilege in and of itself, right? A lot of people who have accidents, um, have much more dire consequences than I did. So during this time when I was in my house, I um, became, with with time, really depressed. Uh, I was so sedentary and I was so lonely and I was so isolated. And, um, you know, at first there's kind of this flurry of activity around you and then people... Um, get into their routines and are going about their lives and, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And my partner was very busy with our 18 month old and also doing absolutely everything for me. So, you know, she understandably wasn't very emotionally available for me at the time. So I spent a lot of time in my room and I spent a lot of time watching uh, West Wing all seven seasons over and over and over again, three times in six months. And, um, and so, you know, I was thinking about that time this week because it, I got to a place that was so dark, um, you know, a place that I, I, that felt similar in my body to my first, um, my experience with postpartum depression after my, my daughter was born, but these moments where things are, can get so dark and it can feel like that darkness is crowding in, crowding in, crowding in, crowding in, crowding in. And it's everything you can do to just be, to just exist in the face of it and um, withstand that experience. And something that I'm really curious about is not just like how do we survive, but also how do we thrive in literally every possible conceivable circumstance and situation, you know, like, is it, is it possible to, um, to still lean into what lights us up even in the most dark and grim and scary and grief riddled moments of our lives. And that practice has innately within it. So fosters so much resiliency. Um, You know, I think about a plant who is, you know, like a a young plant, very young plant that's growing and in the way that the plant turns its head and leans its body towards the light. And so, you know, how do we as humans during any time of adversity position ourselves and lean towards the light and lean towards the things that bring us joy, whatever those things are? And, uh, and give ourselves permission to do that, right? Especially at a time like this where so many people are suffering. So there's so much uncertainty. There's so much, um, unrest and, uh, it can feel impossible to selfish to horrible to even lean into or create any kind of pleasure right now. And, and also doing so is, um, Hugely important, right? Not just for our own personal lives, but for our collective, um, communal experiences as well. And so, when I had broken my ankle and you know, I was really struggling to care about anything, you know, I was really, af- I was really afraid in that time. And I was had to take so many um, painkillers for my my just like enormous pain that, um, my experience was so much altered by, uh, by just being in that very, uh, low, um, low space, like low energy space. And so something that happened to me in that time was that, uh, somebody gave me a sourdough starter and, I don't know why it was the sourdough starter that brought me back to life. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, it seems laughable or ridiculous at this moment in time to even share that with you, but it really did. And I just found myself starting to care about the sourdough starter and starting to do some research on my phone. You know, I found this website, cultures for health, and I started to feed my starter and I started to think about making bread or, you know, okay, well now I'm feeding my starter and I have this like overflow. What do I do with that? Okay. Well, you know, maybe I'll make, maybe I'll make bagels. Okay. You know, maybe I'll make, pancakes. All right. Maybe could I make pizza dough out of this starter? Right. So I just started to play with that. And, you know, even though, um, the perfectionist in me told me that, you know, it had to look a certain way in order to be worthy of my time and my energy and, you know, the dollars spent on flour, um, there was just something about that experience that I I could feel myself being interested in that, and and the more that I leaned into it, the more that I could feel it spilling out and over, and touching other parts of my life as they started to come alive as well. And in my mind's eye, I kind of envisioned that movie um, Pleasantville where uh, if you've seen the movie, you know that, um, you know, like a thing, item by item by item, uh, the black and white picture becomes technicolor. And at that moment in my life, um, things are pretty black and white. And the sourdough starter was just like the, the, the burning tree, which is this, this, moment in the movie which just seems inconceivable right that all of a sudden there's this brightly lit burning tree uh, and and that now you know i'm interested in maybe this over here a little bit and this over here a little bit and i think we're at this powerful moment where a lot of us who are deeply isolated uh, especially for living in in our homes by ourselves um where we're feeling um you know, grim to say the least. Uh, Grief stricken to say the least. Overwhelmed, uncertain, panicked, and we are trying to—or maybe we're not even at the point yet where we're trying to. But um, you know, we have this this kind of sidelined fear too. Of um, there's nothing. There's nothing to hold on to with both hands. There's nothing. There's no through line. There's no. Excitement. Um, you know, maybe my days have now become this like endless scroll of, you know, looking at, at social media on my phone while I'm hiding in the bathroom from my kids and trying to stave off my rising levels of panic and, you know, be nice mom and do nice things. Um, and have all kinds of activities until my kids go to bed. And then I just, you know, fall asleep, um, or cry or, or lose my mind or fight with my partner or all of these kinds of things, these really human experiences that we're having right now. And so what I've been wondering about is how we locate and nourish the things that are lighting us up. And what I want to say about that is that so often we think like, oh, well, you know, I haven't seen any like neon signs pointing at anything, any interests lately, but that it's rarely a neon sign at first, the first sign of interest is almost an imperceptible intake of breath or, you know, like a thump of your heart. Uh, this its just like a, a, a the tiniest feeling of recognition. And I like to think about it like, you know, I don't know if you all have had this experience of looking at um, like a community board in a, you know, like an old school health food store. It's just filled with different classes you can take, things that people are selling, things that people are offering, you know, all kinds. It's like this just smorgasbord of things that are different from one another. And the world's really like that, right? The, the opportunities uh, are endless, right now. You know, there's so many people who are offering classes that you can take or skills that you can learn. There's YouTube, there's Pinterest, there's, you know, free calls galore. There's more time than ever uh for some of us to explore the the things that we've shelved, the things we, you know, I don't know. I have probably the makings of 10 different projects from felted ball, like ping pong, or felted um, garlands, ball garlands, to, you know, yarn to knit a sweater, a hat, you know, all of these things that are in my possession that I bought at one point and then never used, all in my house right now with me. So, you know, when we're standing there looking at that, um, that bulletin board how do we know what to choose? Well, you know, we have to train ourselves to look for that, that moment, that, that intake of breath, that, that skipped heartbeat, that feeling of like, oh, recognition. Oh, I'm interested in that. Um, and you know, the reason that it's so tricky to nail down is because we're so good at, we've become so good at self-censoring. Rushing in to say, oh no, that's not possible for this, that, or the other reason. Or no, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly for this, that, or the other reason. I, there's no way, um, all of these things, uh, these ways that we tell ourselves that what we want is not possible. And so we have to learn how to walk that back to that moment of recognition and give ourselves permission to pursue whatever that thing is free from outcome. So, you know, can I, uh, pull out that yarn and knit a hat and give myself permission to like royally fuck it up? Like, can can I, you know, make, enjoy the hell out of making a felted pom pom garland that, you know, does not look like what it looks like on Pinterest? Uh, can I risk Killing this sourdough starter, uh, which by the way, the one of the reasons that I love sourdough starters is that they're very difficult to totally screw up and they're alive, right? So the other day I, um, pulled my sourdough starter out of, uh, the, the back, like the way back of the refrigerator. And that starter has been in there for a year since before Freya was born. So, you know, it had a thick layer of hooch, which if you don't know about sourdough starters, it's like a blackish brown layer of liquid over top of the starter, which sounds disgusting, but it's really just like the sourdough starter is saying, like, please feed me, please feed me for so long. It's so dormant. Please feed me. And, you know, I was undeterred having, having neglected my sourdough starter before, I was undeterred by the amount of time or the hooch. Um, I poured it off and I just started to feed it. And now typically, um, if you feed it a couple times. It responds pretty quickly, but you know, I fed it the first time and nary a bubble. I mean, it looked like I could tell, I could tell it wasn't dead but that was about it. And I thought, all right, okay, you know, I feed it again. So I fed it again. And this time bubble or two. It's like, all right, okay, we're getting somewhere. Maybe if I feed it with warm water or maybe if I put it in a in a sunnier part of the house. Okay. So I fed it again bubbles, bubbles, bubbles. I fed it a fourth time. And let me tell you, we were back in business. I used that starter to make my favorite sourdough pancakes and, and they were delicious. And I had this experience of, wow, it's so, it is so powerful to have this visual reminder of how we come back to life. And no matter how long we've been neglected, no matter how long it's been that You know, what we are doing when we're giving ourselves that permission to fuck up a hat or to, you know, make the world's ugliest pom-pom garland or, you know, write a shitty first draft, um, to just do the thing for the joy of doing the thing with, with, with a divorce from any kind of anticipated or expected outcome or perfection that we are, um, that we're, we're feeding ourselves and that we're bringing ourselves back to life. So, with this, with a starter, what you have here is, you know, okay, um, a little flour, a little water, a little starter, and, you know, over time, um, that's, that's coming back to life. And so too will you, right? So, so too won't we all. That we, when we feed ourselves on purpose and consistently, we can sustain our own life. And this is how we go from, surviving to, to thriving. And that shift is so important. And you can have that. You can have that. I can have that. We can all have that. And we can have it in our homes right now. You know, is there something you want to research? Okay. Turn off the news and research that thing. Is there something, is there a book you want to write? Is there, I mean, look, I'm not here to say absolutely anything about being quote-unquote productive during this time. I am not being quote-unquote productive during this time. Um, I'm not, I don't think you need to use this time to write the next great American novel. What I'm talking about is just playing and having fun. So writing for fun without um, the attachment of an end goal. Knitting for fun. Drawing for fun. Experimenting in your kitchen for fun. Uh, trying out a new recipe forefront with the express purpose of feeding yourself, of nourishing yourself, of making yourself feel as alive and connected as possible. And so, you know, when I talk about the sourdough starter that saved my life, it's, um, it's both ridiculous and it's not the reality is that there was a moment in time for me that was so grim and so dark. And that was the one thing that I was able to start caring about. So whatever your one thing is, and your one thing can change, permission to change your mind, whatever your one thing is, can you give yourself some space to play with something today? to experiment with something today, to lean into any kind of peculiar, quote unquote, peculiar interest, you know, something you may have judgment about, whatever. Can you not have judgment about it at this time? Can you give yourself the permission to lean towards the light, whatever light exists for you in your life right now? Thank you. listening to The Needy Podcast with Mara Glatzel. If you'd like my support in learning how to nourish your needs, dance on over to theneedypodcast.com to sign yourself up for Revive, a gorgeously free five-day course chock full of real self-care and daily tending. If you love today's episode, pretty please leave us a review on iTunes and join us next week. And as always permission loves company. So if there's a human in your life that you think can benefit from this conversation, I would be so grateful if you shared it with them. Thank you.